It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the nature and countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. My name's Fergus Collins and I'm your host. And welcome to our latest season of mindful escapes into the green outdoors in search of wildlife and wilder people. As well as heading out into beautiful landscapes as autumn stretches into winter, we'll be enjoying some episodes that the team and I recorded over the spring and summer. So you can expect some really soothing escapism as the days get shorter. Our fourth episode is all about music, folk music. In part one of two brilliant episodes, Annabelle Ross visits the Folk by the Oak Festival in Hertfordshire to hear music steeped in landscape, wildlife and countryside lore. So in this podcast, you'll hear Magpie by The Unthanks, Trouser Warrior by We Are The Monsters and The Same Land by Salt House. But first, Annabelle talks to Caroline and Adam Slough, who founded Vote by the Oak and run the festival. And don't forget to leave likes and feedbacks on whichever podcast provider you use. It's so helpful to us. And you can also email me. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. So Folk by the Oak is a lovely festival. It's just a half-day festival, which I'm so happy about, which is quite unusual these days. You know, there's not sort of tents everywhere and very sleepy people wandering around. But... Um, I would like to know if you could just tell us a bit more of the origins of folk music in in connection to nature and the countryside. Well, I think, you know, a lot of um, folk music is based in folklore, in storytelling, in oral traditions. And these people um, sing about what they see, what's around them, talk about, write about what's around them. We have, um, obviously, a, a deep love of, of both nature and um, folk music, and therefore Spell Songs, the band, was a real natural um, step for us to take, inspired by the beautiful Lost Words book, um, we asked uh, Jackie Morris and Robert McFarlane, could, you, could, we, could we put some music to this beautiful book? It's, it's singing to us. Um, and they, the way they described it is that they, um, they are the acorns of the ideas of the book and we're the birds in the trees singing. So, you know, it's a lovely, it, it works so well for us. Um, and we've got quite a few musicians here today in bands who have that real empathy and, and need to talk about um, nature and at the moment it's become critical uh, you know with climate change with environmental disasters occurring it feels as though um, each musician uh, steeped in folklore steeped in the social traditions steeped in protest folk song um, that right now singing about nature singing nature back to life singing nature into our hearts making us um, aware of it again more aware how would it feel 
if we lost all swallows? How would you really feel? And that is why musicians are there, to point that out, to go straight to your heart and ask those questions. And I feel that if you are asked those questions and you think about it carefully, you will change and you will change your attitude. Um, and so The Lost Words inspired all of this for us through and, and into the music for Spell Songs. But this is what inspires musicians every day, folk musicians every day. Yeah, Adam, good luck with uh, following on for that. But I was going to just... Oh, <laughs> I was going to ask, um, at least, Adam, if you could tell us who we can hear in the background. <laughs> at the moment in the background, you can hear Sam Sweeney band. That's Sam Sweeney on fiddle, uh, Jack Rutter on guitar, and Ben Nichols there on the double bass, and Louis Campbell on electric guitar. Uh, incredible bands and, and throughout the day we have just a, a stellar lineup. we've got Akatrio that's Secocator who's also in Spell Songs of course and then we have the Unthanks again another uh, steeped in landscape absolutely cut out of the stone of, of Northumbria and um, you have we have Richard Thompson and we have uh, incredible and we have spell songs, of course, and we finish with the Proclaimers for a, a fantastic party finish that we always have here with fireworks, of course, the folk by the oak tradition. Uh, and over on our other stage, we've got um, we've had a London Youth Folk Ensemble that's showing the that's really shows that we bring this up from the people, uh, the youngest people we can get on our stages. Uh, we've also got Dan Walsh, uh, who's a phenomenal um, banjo player. We have Salt House from Scotland. And we have Corrine, our very own Corrine from Spell Songs, Queen Polewalk. She is doing Sing It to the Trees, where she's going to uh, as you, uh, get everyone singing in a massed, uh, mass harmony on the Acorn stage. And then we have Canaris Quintet. They are amazing. That's um, obviously five uh, ladies from Scotland who will absolutely blow away that stage. And then we finish with We Are the Monsters. They're absolutely incredible. Another electro funky folky <laughs> wonderfulness with uh, led by amy thatcher on accordion but we've done we've done 15 we're on our 15th folk by the oak so oh that's quite that's a lot quite a milestone so what made you start folk by the oak what's your um attachment oh you both want to tell okay we can sort of try and do it together <laughs> well we love folk we could just yeah, love no, we folk, love folk music, music. It's, it's, we, it's, our heart is with folk music and always has been since children but we yeah we were I organise a sort of open air concerts at stately homes and we were trying to see how we can uh, you know do what we the music that we really love and put on a and we thought it, it should be a one day festival uh, and then eventually we thought, oh come on let's just get and do it and then when we started doing it and started looking into bands we got carried away frankly got carried away and before we knew it we'd booked sort of six or seven artists and started to call ourselves a festival let's have a support <laughs> oh let's have a support for the support let's, oh come on let's have another stage <laughs> you're very just, relaxed considering you're running a really quite how many how many people do you think are here today 8,000 today yeah, oh you're so relaxed um, do you think that folk music where is folk music at the moment? Is it? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, in Scotland, um, it, it, it's very, very much part of you. You feel part of their sort of social fabric and their education. It's very, it's there. You know, they're incredibly. Pro, there's a pro, you know, they're proud of it, and you know that that can struggle with the English scene. That's not to say those in the English scene are incredible pioneers of it. Incredibly loud and robust. We can hear you are listening Get to the louder. English folk scene. <laughs> Sam Sweeney, absolute pinnacle of that scene. Right in yeah. education, right and from the beginning, country dancing, singing, um, all our traditions. That's right. Um, you know, it would be absolutely wonderful to have have that wonderful um, 
music coming right up through 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 primary school and onwards. Yeah, so um, we feel all we can do is sing louder and put these events on and be as loud as possible and tell people to come and listen. This is this is this is music. You know, this is. It's, like don't give music. it a name. This is just live music at its best, played purely.
Thank. We are sisters and that is literally our name. People always ask us, uh, why did you call your band The Unthanks? And it's because it's just our name. Do you know where that, that, that comes from then? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a border name from the border, uh, England and Scotland borderland. Um, and it, we were like a border reeve family, I think. And in, in, it means to go onto common land and decide to live there like a squatter. So you're squat- like squatters. squatters. Mm. Very glamorous mm. name. <laughs> so you're squatting today at Folk by the Oak. You've just come off stage. Was it? This is one of the hottest days on record. Was um, was it as hot on stage or hotter on stage? Do you think than it was down below listening? I actually think it was slightly cooler on stage because it slightly raised up and it was in the shade and we had a bit of a breeze. So it's actually hotter now. I, I mean, you did look a bit cooler because I could see your hair moving a bit. So mm. I felt like you were okay. Yeah. Um, I was more concerned about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was quite. There was a lot. There's a lot of sun going on today, isn't there? And uh, we're never happy, are we? It's either too hot or too cold. Um, but we quite like a hot gig, don't we? we? Do like it's um, it's good. It's all right for your voice. Yeah. To be makes, nice and warm, uh, and it's kind of intense and makes you feel brilliant. More relaxed. Whereas if you're cold, you hold yourself mm. it more rigidly. Oh. And whereas I think if you're warm, you're more relaxed. And, Everything's a bit, oh, that's really great. Well, that's a good thing about the boiling hot day then. I'm so glad. I think it's on it, the temperature's on its way down now. So, um, folk music. Uh, you were saying on stage that you've been singing since you were very little together. On stage? Since what age? Well, we were in... We, our parents love folk music, so we always went to folk festivals as children. Um, we were in a clog dance team. Um, our dad is a rapper dancer and shanty singer, and sings. Uh, he's in a group with, um, with originally it was four was a men, and they sing in harmony together local songs and shanty songs. So we we love folk festivals, and the reason we started a duo was so that we could come to folk festivals for free. Yeah, it's we've always it's always been a part of our relationship to sing yeah. together as sisters, and um, we've always sung together. Even when Rachel went to university in Glasgow, we used to before you had mobile phones, you could practice on the phone on the landline because there wasn't a delay. So we'd practice our songs, and uh, yeah, we just we just always loved singing, haven't we? And it's a big part of our family like kind mm. of life. You know, we actually have our own fa- family folk festival now where we just camp in Becky's garden and sing songs <laughs> well now we've all got kids it's yeah. like it's easier just to all camp together isn't it and so talking of camping and talking of the outside do you do you 
do you have inspiration from landscape or outside or are you more city folk or you know where, where where's your inspiration from when you're right who's writing the songs by the way well, both lot, of you a lot of them um, we do write a little bit but it's, we mostly draw on traditional songs and songs written by other people in the folk tradition um so songs that we've heard growing up um at folk festivals and in sing-arounds or found in books and things so they're they're mostly not written by us it's the arrangements that we contribute really although we have started writing ourselves mm-hmm. but like we did you not that, write that one you just sang now we wrote we wrote we did a couple old news we wrote the Sorry. second last one sorrows away is a traditional song uh, that um you know if you've been to a folk festival you've probably sang it you've probably joined in in the uh, pub with it we've been singing it since we were kids um but we are i think we're we're very inspired by our landscape we we're from northumberland and um we're, there's a lot of folk songs from our area about the river and the journey that that takes people on and you know this how it's connected to the sea and um and also well the the border ballads and things there's lots of songs inspired by um by where we are in our history so and i think yeah. also um in on arrangements as well adrian um our piano player does lots of the arrangements and he feels very inspired he's not from he's from yorkshire but he is very inspired by kind of northumberland's kind of much kind of more open and a little bit wilder than where he grew up and so he feels like he likes sometimes to to reflect that in in the in the arrangements as well <laughs> thank you very very much both of you and thank you for your beautiful singing and are you staying for a bit or are you going you're heading back unfortunately we have to get on the road um and go home to our children there's so much um wonderful music we can't believe we're gonna miss it but we might try and catch a little bit before we go in um, do you mind, could you just start by introducing yourself? Yeah, so I'm David Delahaye and I'm a uh, folk musician, I guess, and field recordist. And I play bass in uh, the We Are The Monsters and with Jeslo and the Bad Pennies as well. Okay. So. But We Are The Monsters is where, who you're with today for Folk yeah, By The Oak. Right. And um, you're on a bit later, aren't you? Yeah, we're on at half eight. We're headlining the Acorn stage today at Folk By The Oak. Acorn stage is lovely. It's in the shade. It's really nice. It's really nice. Um, so, is would you say that your music is traditional folk music or not? With we're the monsters. Uh, I, I, I'd say it was a bit more contemporary folk, really. We're, we're definitely pushing the the boundaries on uh, on more kind of going for an electronic vibe. So we're using a lot more heavy synth sounds and. Um, for instance, I play the bass, and I'm replacing a few of my bass uh, sounds with with synthesizers now. Um, because we've always been a dance band, we started out as a Kaylee band, and um, and so we've just taken that dance aesthetic um, and taken it to a more contemporary, modern dance audience. So we mix in a load of electro and drum and bass and stuff like that. Yeah, because I work as a field recordist, um, and I. Um, I'm particularly interested in recording underwater soundscapes, so I've completed various commissions for national groups and um, working um, with uh, environmental agencies and, and, and to, to raise awareness of, of freshwater biodiversity, really, through, through the arts. So that's what, uh, yeah. Can you give, can, you give an, as an, can you give us an example of what that entails and what you what you what it's actually been used for recently yeah so um 
a recent project connected with the, the folk scene in the northeast of England where I'm based. I'm based in Durham and I collaborated with a singer called Jeslo um, and I, I created a, a, a sort of um, aquatic, I called it an, a, a radio ballad for aquatic species. So I took the idea of the radio ballads and the idea that, you know, that the, the, the people have their own stories to tell about the environments that they live in and the social conditions that they, that they live in. But I kind of turned that around a bit and focused more on what the stories might be of the, of the creatures that live in the water. So I used the, you may be unaware of how many sounds are in freshwater habitats, in, in ponds and in rivers and in lakes. Um, so there are hundreds of different types of invertebrates and um, that stridulate, they kind of rub body parts together and they make the sounds like crickets. Um, and, the, um, and the sound of the sediment itself within the, within the, the Moving around, yeah, moves and creates bubbles and pops, and even plants. Plants make amazing sounds underwater. So I got this idea, got to thinking about how jazz might um, uh, reinterpret those those recordings and think about, um, yeah, what well, kind of give the give the give these freshwater species a voice, really, because they're not really listened to. So he's created songs. Um, this was quite a short project. So that one, he created three short songs. But rather than have an instrumental backing for them, we used the field recordings that I'd made and blended them with the with the words. And so, and that does feed into this project as well. With We Are the Monsters, we have a pro- we have a new track called Caddisfly, which was kind of inspired by some rhythms that I heard whilst recording Caddisfly underwater. It's surprising that they made sound. So. Will yeah, you be saying, Will you be doing Caddisfly today? Later, we will be playing, and it won't be. I'll be honest; it, it's not going to be obvious that, that it's a Caddisfly. It's been, but it was just. It was more the, I, I guess the, the emotion, the excitement of being able to record a space like that that kind of inspired this kind of um, a quirky um, kind of tune. Really, so you'll know it's there, which is important.
Ewan McPherson and I live just outside Inverness um, and play the guitar in Salt House. Uh, I'm Jenny Sturgeon, I live up in Shetland and I sing and play the guitar and uh, the keys for, for Salt House. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Laura McCall, I'm from the Black Isle Peninsula north of Inverness in the Highlands play the fiddle and viola in Salt House. You all live quite away from each other, is that right? Yes. Well, Lauren and I live together, just south of Loch Ness, uh, in the Highlands, yes. And Jenny uh, is based in the Shetland Islands, which is either a flight or a 16-hour ferry journey away. But when we originally got together, Jenny lived only about an hour's drive away. <laughs> uh, so rehearsing isn't that easy then? Uh, I mean, it... Yeah, we usually meet up a couple of days before we've got gigs and, and rehearse in that way, so, yeah. Do you all write the songs together, or, yeah, you all do You all do it, there's no, there's no one of you, you all, or do you write separately, or how does it work? A little bit of, of everything, to be honest. Quite often, either Ewan or Jenny will take some lyrics, and then we'll shape them into something. Um, we're often, we're also quite keen on old texts and giving them a little bit of a new lease of life so to be honest our, our first rehearsals of new music is usually a little bit of a gathering around the table and um, reading through things and, and seeing what we can make of them but generally not coming to each other with fully formed ideas so that somebody else can can take them away and, and do do their magic uh, with those with those kind of starting points so you get your inspiration you do get your inspiration from landscape or from nature or is there you know I suppose that you know they're intertwined but where do you feel inspired I feel most inspired by by my home place um, and and getting outside but yes landscape and nature but but that can often be urban environment as well so um, and nature but also the the people that that make up that that environment so it can often be a special place or a special interaction with a person in a place Um, and I think I find inspiration in in that just just as equally Uh, but uh, yeah the the highlands and and in the last maybe decade specifically the hills in the highlands have given me a lot of peace a bit of solace and uh, time to time to think and and to have music in your head as you go about the land as well. So, Have you got an example of where you were inspired by a, by a particular scene or person, or very specifically, have you got an example of that? Yeah, there's a song that we performed earlier today at the festival actually called uh, The Same Land, and um, I wrote the lyrics for that and brought them to Lauren and Ewan, and... I was sat at my kitchen table looking out over the sea and it was one of those amazing mornings with uh, it was quite dark clouds and the sun was streaming through as what I've heard people describe as God rays, these kind of rays coming down and hitting the sea and just a beautiful, beautiful view and just made me think about how, how lucky I was to be, to be living where I am and yeah, wrote that song inspired by, partly inspired by that view I suppose. Why did you move to Shetland? Um, I moved to Shetland for um, some work that my husband got, actually. So I used to work as a seabird ecologist, which is how I met him. And then uh, we met actually in Shetland. And then 
we lived in Aberdeen for a while and this dream job came up for him and I was like, oh, I love Shetland, so might as well give it a go and that was five years ago. <laughs> so he's a seabird ecologist or you used to be a seabird ecologist? He's a seabird ecologist still and I used to be a seabird ecologist before basically meeting these guys. <laughs> do you not do it anymore? No, I just, um, I look at them and like walking along the beach uh, but I don't write notes about them anymore. <laughs> And you don't write about them in your songs? Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, so very yeah. much the landscape. I think um, for me, working into one seabirds, it was as much about the landscape that those birds were in as the species themselves. And all of that kind of creeps into the songs. Are you um, worried about the future of some of these birds? Yeah, particularly at the moment, because there's uh, avian flu, which is there's a huge outbreak in Shetland and all across the UK, really. And there's a big worry that it's going to spread further so they're seeing thousands of thousands of dead gannets and bonksies which bonksies are uh, great skewers the, the Shetland name for great skewers a bonksy and it's just devastating to see these birds beautiful majestic birds washed up dead on, on beaches Any odes to them in the, in the plan? Um, I think there's several songs that we've got about seabirds um, but that might well end up inspiring think some of our future music we've got time together in the autumn to write so we'll see see what stage that's at I guess at that point. Sorry I was just going to interject but it's in relation to writing songs about difficult situations and changes in environmental issues we also try and put in some kind of hope and and weave that into the songs in whatever way we can and uh, again, to, just today we were doing a CD signing earlier on and quite a few people come up and said how much our music has meant to them during the last two years because it's very calming and it puts them into a positive place where they feel relaxed and that's a lovely uh, thing to hear. And we've heard it quite a lot as well. People have sent us messages over the last while and it's a, it's a very special thing to hear from people that your music helps them get through a difficult period.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So that was the Folk by the Oak Festival, and it's always lovely to get music on the podcast. Big thank you to Annabelle for heading out there for us and for getting those lovely interviews and capturing some of the music. I'm so grateful to all the artists. You heard there Magpie by The Unthanks, Trouser Warrior by We Are The Monsters, and The Same Land by Salt House. And, well, it's all down to Caroline and Adam Slough, that, that wonderful festival. And it returns next year, Sunday, the 16th of July, 2023. You can book your tickets now or just have a look at the lineup. It's, they've got a website, folkbytheoak.com. All brilliant. Well, I'm alone in the podcast studio this week, so it's going to be a brief podcast chat. Uh, Jack and Hannah return next week and we'll be catching up about what they've been up to and a little bit about their own love of folk music. So look forward to that. But before we go, we've got a we've got a lovely sound of the week sent in by listener Fiona Reid. And it links very well to the Folk by the Oak Festival because it was recorded at a festival in Scotland. Anyway, have a listen to this. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it afterwards. So that was lovely. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Well, Fiona says, location is a beautiful old Victorian railway station in Strathpeffer in the Scottish Highlands. It's evening in the early autumn and there is a slight chill to the air. We're sitting under a glass canopy, nursing a wee drink, and the music begins to play. There's about 20 of them playing traditional music, fiddles, accordions, drums and pipes. It's a considerable sound, but a robin hopped onto a wooden fence a couple of metres away and began singing. And his voice rose above the band. And people turn to stare and smile. I really love that, the Robin joining in with the Folk Festival. I loved it so much, actually. We're going to send you a book, Fiona. Thank you very much. We always love, we, we are planning to send out for our favourite Sounds of the Week or Emails of the Week or Letters of the Week even. Um, we're planning to send out one of our favourite books. And this week it's I Bought a Mountain by Thomas Furbank, which is a classic countryside book being reissued recently. And hope you enjoy it, Fiona. It'll be in the post to you now. But that's it from this week's podcast. Thank you so much to everybody who took part and to you all for listening. And goodbye for now. <laughs>